Welcome to 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett and this is episode number 13 of the podcast. A week two victory has the Niners at one and one, but at what cost as the team's Super Bowl hopes could be over? There's a ton to talk about today, including a week two victory over the Jets, a preview of week three versus the Giants, and is the revenge tour officially over after injuries have decimated the Niners roster? Let's jump right in. And let's go over the good news first. The good news is that Week 2 was a victory for the 49ers, a 31-13 win over the New York Jets. For the second straight week, Raheem Mostert started things off. He had that big catch in Week 1 against the Cardinals, took it to the house. Week 2, the same thing. This time on the ground, though, first play from scrimmage, an 80-yard touchdown run, got the Niners on the board early. After that, the Niners offense never looked back. Jimmy Garoppolo was fantastic, had the highest quarterback rating of anybody in Week 2. 131 yards, two touchdowns, and just one half a play. He did leave the game with an injury at halftime, had an ankle problem. Uh, Both of the touchdown passes he threw were to Jordan Reed, who was taking over for George Kittle. He looked like tight end number one on Sunday in New York. He had seven receptions, the two touchdowns, and the way he played made me excited to see him and George Kittle in two tight end sets, especially in the red zone. If both of those guys can stay healthy, which has seemingly been a huge problem for San Francisco this season, they are going to be special to watch maybe as soon as this Sunday, but that's unlikely with the turf being an issue and Kittle possibly not being ready to go. One thing I will say is Jarek McKinnon looks like everything Kyle Shanahan has been promising and more. I have no problem with McKinnon being the number one running back while most certain Coleman get healthy. Even having Ben Garland back under center or at center, excuse me, uh, showed uh, with the, the way the running game, how they played, and even Garoppolo, how Garoppolo played, uh, both aspects of the offense ran like a well-oiled machine, and Kyle Shanahan called a much better game than he did in week one. Yes, I know it's against the Jets, but uh, that game went exactly how it should have. When you look at the final score, I know the game itself maybe didn't go exactly how Niner fans wanted. I know it's not how I wanted it to go when you look at the big picture, but the final score did depict how it should have been uh, and how good the Niners were on Sunday. Even the defense, despite not having Richard Sherman, they played wonderful, uh, and that has a lot to do with how the front seven played. And let let me tell you this. This is the social media post of the week so far. Uh, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are a top five, if not the best linebacking duo in the NFL. Uh, They both rank in the top ten in pass coverage. And whenever there is a big play, you can count on either one of them being near the ball. That's how dominant they have been. I know Greenlaw doesn't even start, which is an entire different conversation. I know we had it last week with John Chapman. Check that podcast out, but Dre Greenlaw deserves to start. Fred Warner, there's a reason why they call him All-Pro Fred, and he deserves that title at least through Week 2, and, I, and I'm and i hoping and praying that he continues uh, the success in the way he's playing going further into the year. Uh, but you can even look at guys like Kerry Hyder Jr., who again has, he played a great game on Sunday versus the Jets. Even rookie Javon Kinlaw, he's been shown why he's a first-round pick for two weeks of the season. Uh, but the biggest surprise has arguably been uh, interior defensive lineman Kevin Givens. He has been a... Whoa, <laughs> where did Kevin Givens come from? Had some injuries 
over the last couple of years. I didn't have him on my 53-man roster. I thought he was a practice squad guy. Uh, but he is actually second in the NFL in highest stop win rate as a defensive tackle. I don't know if he'll keep that up, uh, but I hope he does. But he has been more promising to me than anything the secondary has showed me all year. Uh, and, and that starts with Emmanuel Mosley, who has been fine. He looks like a solid number two cornerback. He's looked as I expected him to look in 2020. But on the flip side, with no Sherman, Akella Witherspoon has been starting. Just one game, obviously. Uh, but he did not look good on Sunday. Uh, he's someone that I was worried about because we hadn't heard anything about him uh, during training camp. We know there was no preseason. Uh, but that usually means two things. And one of those is he didn't improve at all and is the exact same player. Or two, he got worse. And when you look at it, it kind of feels like it's the latter at the moment. Obviously, on Sunday, the Niners played very well on both sides of the ball. 31-13 was the final score. And yes, I know a lot of the next stat line I'm going to read to you came in the fourth quarter on like the second to last drive. Uh, but on Sunday, Witherspoon, he was targeted six times, allowed five catches, 81 yards, four first downs, and one touchdown with zero pass blocks. Uh, so it just a, a struggling part of the defense that needs to be improved if this Niners team wants to go anywhere, if this Niners team, which I know they do, have playoff aspirations, uh, which kind of gets me to my next point here is that, and I kind of, I want to ask you this as listeners, should Niner fans be worried about all the injuries suffered thus far in 2020? And I'll go through the injuries with you right now. There is a plethora of them to, to read through, but uh, let's start at the top. One of the more important ones, uh, he plays the most important position on the field, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo. He has a high ankle sprain, not going to play this Sunday, or at least unlikely to play this Sunday against the New York Giants. Uh, we're going to get more into him later. You're not going to want to miss that. Um, he's not going to play, but he played great on Sunday. He's going to be out. Raheem Mostert has a mild MCL sprain. He's out for at least this week. Looks like two to three weeks is going to be his timetable for return. I'm hoping he comes back for the Rams game. Let him rest against the, the Giants and the Eagles and maybe see him come back against Miami. But even them, that's an easy game to win, or at least it should be. Maybe he comes back against the Eagles, and he really has been the offense in 2020. He's gotten two touchdowns, has been making huge plays every single week, and he's really proving why he asked and deserved that salary increase in the offseason. And while I think the Niners can survive a week, maybe two, and possibly even three without Raheem Mostert, that's a huge loss for a team uh, needing him to carry the load in a thinned-out uh, running back room, and especially with Jimmy Garoppolo out, Nick Mullins under center for at least one week. Raheem Mostert missing is going to be big. Uh, then his counterpart, Tevin Coleman, he has a knee sprain. He's out at least four weeks, so he'll miss a month of this season. Coleman, he's been bad this year. Like, let's be honest. Coleman has not been good this year. Uh, and I think letting guys like McKinnon, Jeff Wilson Jr., even Jamichael Hasty, who had a ton of hype coming out of uh, training camp, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, they have a shot uh, to to kind of prove themselves and their worth to this Niners team this season. And, and I think it could be beneficial. And I hate saying that when you talk about a guy who's injured like Tevin Coleman or even guys like D Ford uh, and, and Nick Bosa, who we'll talk about in a minute. And even guys like Richard Sherman, who are out. 
you have guys in the running back room like Hasty and Jeff Wilson Jr., even McKinnon, who McKinnon restructured his deal in the offseason. Jeff Wilson Jr., who had some big plays last year, but didn't really get consistent playing time. And Jamal Hasty, who has never seen a snap in the NFL, uh, they're a lot cheaper than a guy like Tevin Coleman is. And if they can prove themselves and San Francisco can get a, a good enough look at these guys, it, it may prove that despite the injury to Coleman, you can find some positives in that and saying, hey, we can keep most McKinnon, Wilson Jr., and Hasty and save $4 million. And I know money should never be before health, but in the case of running a, a franchise, that's what you have to look at, especially in a in, in, in off season that we'll see the salary cap likely decrease 10 20 maybe even $60,000. That's how crazy it could be uh, in... Uh, the offseason, so let's look at the positive here. Yes, Coleman's out and it sucks, but seeing McKinnon, Hasty, and Wilson Jr. could be or could shed some light uh, into what the running backs actually look like in San Francisco. Keep moving down the list. Debo Samuel, Jones Fracture, he's on IR. I'm hoping when Samuel returns, Garoppolo is back as well. That Eagles game is going to be pivotal. If not, then we might see them back against the Dolphins or maybe even the Rams. Uh, I would prefer that if they're going to come back, they come back one game before that Rams game, which will be huge. LA is playing fantastic this year. Um, we saw how important that connection was last year when it comes to the rushing attack and the passing game. And I'll tell you now, if Debo Samuel was healthy, the run and pass game are going to be open for business, and we'll finally see what that Niners 2020 offense is supposed to look like, especially if Mostert, Garoppolo, and Samuel are all healthy at the same time. Then you add in George Kittle, Jordan Reed, Jake McKinnon, Trent Williams, like all the guys that they've accumulated over time who either missed time or haven't been healthy together. It's going to be really fun to watch. Richie James Jr., he's still on IR. He has a hamstring injury. He should be back in two weeks. Hopefully that's the case. He's not really pivotal to the offense, but I do like myself some RJ Jr. Uh, I, I really hope he can come back and kind of uh, maybe that means Pettis is gone, but that might be for the better. Uh, Western Richburg and Ronald Blair, both on the pup list, both out until at least week six. Uh, Richburg, Garland's played well in his absence. I'm not really worried about that, but Richburg is an upgrade, even though slightly still is an upgrade. And Ronald Blair, the injuries to the D-line make Ronald Blair the most important Niner coming back from injury. It's a bold statement to make, but I, but I can back it up here. Uh, when he was healthy last season... He had three sacks. He was solid when he backed up guys like Bosa and Ford, and both those guys are out. Both those guys are going to miss, if not the entire season, a significant amount of time, and having Blair back uh, before that Rams game would be huge, or for that Rams game would be huge. Uh, I think Blair, right now, when healthy, is the Niners' best pass rusher. Uh, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, they're not pass rushers. They're run stoppers or interior defensive linemen. Blair can pick up some of the slack. Guys like Ford and Bosa are going to leave when they're not on the field. And even guys like DJ Jones, who are interior linemen, he's he's going to be healthy. His ankle is good to go, according to Kyle Shanahan, so that's good news. Uh, but then you keep moving down the list here, and that leads us to Solomon Thomas, who tore his ACL on Sunday versus the Jets. Uh, him and Nick Bosa tore them on back-to-back plays, and so that's not good. I don't know if Solomon Thomas' future is in the red and gold jersey, but uh, if it's his last snap, his last game, it, it's an unfortunate loss for a guy who was picked uh, at number three overall back in 2017. So hopefully he gets healthy, and I hope 
whatever happens to him, whether it's in San Francisco or somewhere else, that he can find his footing because he's a really good guy who's dealt with a ton in his tenure. Then Nick Bosa, who I already mentioned, uh, Trent Williams said it best. And Trent Williams and Nick Bosa were going head-to-head all training camp uh, and all when they're revving up for the season. And he said it the best way. It's heartbreaking. Uh, Seeing a young player go down like Nick Bosa is never fun. And it's going to be hard to overcome knowing how the Niners have built the defense they built from the trenches out and how heavily they rely on. Uh, on the pass rush to aid the secondary. And if you're asking me which move uh, is going to doom the Niners, it's not having Nick Bosa. Especially when you add in guys like Ford are going to be out and Solomon Thomas is gone. Ronald Blair will be out for a while still. And Richard Sherman isn't going to be there for another two weeks. Jason Barrett is back this week, but he has health concerns. Witherspoon's not playing well. And even Quan Alexander hasn't been playing well either. Uh, you tell me Nick Bosa, who is up there, if not the best, he's next to Fred Warner as our best defensive player. Uh, losing Nick Bosa could doom the Niners season or at least have the, the hardest or highest impact, depending on how you want to word it, on this Niners team. They move to the second layer and third layer of the defenses here. Dre Greenlaw, he's a thigh contusion. He's questionable. Should be good. It's a bruise, but you still got to be somewhat concerned anytime some player gets hurt. Uh, Richard Sherman... Calf injury, he's on IR. Uh, I, th- I think a lot of his injury is just concern or more precaution. He's older, want to keep him healthy. Uh, he injured the calf in spring, or I almost said spring training, but training camp. Um, but I think that's more precaution. You know, They know they can beat the Jets and Giants and even the Eagles, maybe Dolphins without him. So the hope is that he is healthy and rested and can play the remaining part of the season and hopefully the playoffs 100%. Uh, Jason Verrett. The hamstring injury seems to be no longer an issue. He practiced today. He was a full participant in practice, according to Kyle Shanahan, and he is likely to return. Uh, And the Niners need him. They do. Witherspoon has been playing awful. Mosley is not a number one corner, at least at the moment. And so getting Verrett there, a veteran body to play cornerback will be interesting and should be a good improvement for San Francisco. And you keep moving down the list here. The last guy, the latest person to to end up on the injury report is an all-too-common name, and that's D. Ford. Uh, started out as a neck injury, then became a back injury, and now he's out for, quote-unquote, an extended period of time, or there's, quote-unquote, no timetable for his return. He's out indefinitely, uh, which sucks. And I want to address something here. That I saw a lot of. And I saw a lot of 49er fans hating on D4 for being hurt again. And I understand it. Uh, I understand both sides here. And, and, and the team is paying him a lot of money to basically play 300 to 350 snaps a season. And it's not worth it. The money they're paying him is not worth what they're getting. So I understand the fans being upset. And I understand from a, an organization perspective of <laughs> we're not getting our money's worth in this guy. But let's not blame D. Ford for the Niners trading a second-round pick for him. It's not on him. Uh, it's not on D. Ford. It's not his fault that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan backed up the money truck for someone who had an injury history. I would sign that contract if I was D. Ford, wouldn't you? You'd sign that big deal. I know I would. I'm doing a heartbeat. Especially if you are someone who has injury history saying they're willing to pay me that much money. Uh, yeah, I'll take it. So if we're going to put it on anybody, 
we're going to point the finger and blame somebody, it's got to be the front office here. Because D. Ford wants to be out there. D. Ford saw what happened to Nick Bosa. He saw what went down. And he said, man, I wish I could be out there for my guys. He knows how much this team needs him. And and I'm going to be very clear here. There have been reports D. Ford had been, or even is, contemplating retirement. Now, as to how serious those reports are, I have no idea. But I've heard it from a few people that I trust that D. Ford has contemplated retiring. And so, if this guy's going through it physically, and now he's going through it mentally, thinking, maybe I should be done. Maybe I'm done for the year. Maybe I'm done for my career. Maybe my career's over that I've worked my entire life for. Maybe it's done. Like... I get it again as fans. I know what it was like to watch last year happen. Be hyped up, ready to go. February comes, it's a big game. You have the lead and you lose it in the last 10 minutes because you can't hold a lead. I get it. And now it's happening again in 2020. We're 1 and 1. We're banged up. The quarterback's out. Half the, the 11 starters are out. <laughs> like, I get it. But Ford's a human being. And we have to support our own. He's going through the ringer not being healthy. And what bothers me most is that Niner fans are supportive of Nick Bosa saying, you know, you're a guy that, that we love. You're rookie of the year. But guess what? Don't just be supportive from Nick Bosa because you like the guy and he's rookie of the year. Be supportive to Ford as well because he's also part of the faithful. He wears red and gold. He's not on the opposing team. He's on our team. And I know that's why it's more frustrating because he is a pivotal part to our defense. But we should be supporting our own players. We should be supporting people who are hurting physically when they're 29 years old and can't stay healthy. With maybe serious neck and back issues that could linger their entire life. We want to talk about how big concussions are seriously. So are neck and back issues. And I have no idea the severity of his his condition in regards to the injury, but if it's serious enough, D. Ford could have to retire. And yeah, in the back of your head, you might be saying, well, that's a lot of money off our books. But again, he's a 29-year-old human being, 28-year-old human being that worked his entire life to get where he's at and has gone through a ton of scrutiny from Niner fans, from Chief fans before us, and we need to support our own here. Yes, he's one of 11 guys who are down. But he's the only one I saw anybody singling out. Saying, well, he's hurt again. Really get this guy off the team. He sucks. He's washed. It's not his fault what's going on. Everyone's bodies are built differently, made differently. And maybe his body cannot withstand the wear and tear. And you're right. Maybe we shouldn't have paid him that much money. True. But when we see one of our own going through something hard physically, mentally. We need to be there. We call ourselves the faithful, right? We call ourselves Niner Nation, Niner Empire. He's one of our own. Let's pick him up. Tell him we're praying for him to get better. Tell him we can't wait to see him on Sunday. Tell him he'll be a 49er forever. And that we're here for him. And that we support him. He's one of us. And I didn't see much of that on Sunday, and, and when the further reports came out on Monday that he's out for an extended period of time. And that's upsetting, because I know this Niner fan base is amazing. And when you look at the other 11 guys, and that's where I want to shift here, like, when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, everyone went, oh, crap. 
when he initially went down, I thought it was a knee injury. I'm sure you did too. I'm sure I'm sure a lot of you said, oh my god, please let that not be an ACL injury. Please let it not be the knee. And the Niners dodged a bullet in it being a high ankle sprain. They did. They really did. And I have no idea how the refs missed the two late hits on him. He's literally kneeing on the ground with his head down, and a Jets player comes and hits him again. Like, I don't know what that was. I don't know how you missed that. But to transition here, to all the haters out there on Jimmy Garoppolo, what more does he have to prove? He went into New Orleans and beat the Jets. He destroyed the Aaron Rodgers-led Packers two times. He was 10 minutes away from winning the Super Bowl a year removed from an ACL injury. And now he's carried the offense on one leg and showed his true colors. And that is of a leader who will go to war with his team no matter what. That's what a franchise quarterback does. And that's what Jimmy Garoppolo has proven time and time again. But when he's playing, a lot of you haters out there say, Jimmy G stinks. Give me Nick Mullins. I want Nick Mullins. But when Jimmy Garoppolo is out, this this is all you say. Season's over. There's no hope. Oh, oh goodness, we're going to go 2-14 again. And that's my point here. That's what everybody's point has been about Jimmy Garoppolo. Even to the people who don't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. He gives you hope on Sunday that when the clock strikes zero and the game is over, there's a really good chance the Niners have won the game. Or when kickoff begins, there's a pretty darn good chance you're optimistic that the Niners are going to win that game. And that's that's why I think the Niners are going to be okay here. That even with the injuries to Garoppolo, Mostert, Sherman, Samuel, Richburg, Blair, Ford, Bosa, Thomas, Ferret, the list goes on and on and on. That Garoppolo is going to be back by at least week five. Samuel, Sherman back in two to three weeks. Richburg, Blair back by week six. Then it's the midpoint of the season. San Francisco could be 6-1. 7-1. Then they play Seattle. And before you know it, Nick Bosa is the only true end of the season loss for San Francisco. And yeah, it's hard to overcome. It really is. But look at the schedule. Look at who's out. We play the Giants this week. Nick Mullins can beat the Giants. Kyle Shanahan can scheme a great game. And we'll get into that game pretty soon. That... The Giants suck. The Giants stink. They're better than the Jets, but they suck. Saquon Barkley's out. They have no running attack. Deion Lewis isn't the running back anymore. He's a pass catcher. And I'll get into him too. But when you look at the Niners' schedule, I see seven more winnable games for the Niners. That puts them at 8-8. Eight and eight. And if you think an offense that has Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert, Debo Samuel, George Kittle... With a top 10 offensive line, can't steal a game against the Bills. Where Josh Allen can't seem to hit a target to save his life. The Cowboys, who are so inconsistent, they need a, a an onside kick to save them against the Falcons. And maybe even the Saints, who have no fans in the Dome. And Drew Brees is playing like a shell of himself right now. now I wouldn't be too quick to give up hope on this team. Because... Jimmy Garoppolo, and don't be surprised if Jimmy Garoppolo puts the team on his back and leads the Niners to at least the second round of the playoffs. Don't be surprised, because guess what? It can happen. Has a pretty good chance of happening. Look at the NFC. Who are you scared of? Who? We have one player out for the year. We'll be healthy by week seven. 
Who are you scared of? The only team I see I'm worried about is maybe the Cardinals. Maybe? But Kyle Shanahan's never lost to a team twice in a row with Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback besides the Kansas City Chiefs. And Garoppolo tours ACL in Game 1, so I don't even count that game. And the other team is the Seahawks. Russell Wilson looks like the MVP and should have been last year most likely had it not been for Lamar Jackson. I'm only scared of one team. Dallas hasn't played well. Philadelphia, one of the worst teams in the league. Packers look good, but we destroyed the Packers twice last year with the exact same team. And it wasn't pretty either time. And now the unfortunate part of all this is, is that while I'm not worried, there is some hesitation here. Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing on Sunday against the Giants. He's not. And this takes us into week three against New York. The Giants are 1-1, one one, or the Niners are 1-1, one one, excuse me, Giants are 0-2. Both teams, major injuries. The Niners already told you plenty of times. Garoppolo, Boster, Coleman, Kittle, Sherman, Bosa, Samuel. They're all going to miss this week with Kittle having an outside chance to play. Unlikely, but possible, but unlikely. The Giants, no Saquon Barkley, no Sterling Shepard. Like, their offense is already limited with them healthy. Now they're gone. And I think the Giants have injuries are harder to overcome than the Niners, simply because it's a young team in New York. A brand new head coach. Fairly bad offensive line. No rushing attack now. A young quarterback. The Niners have a veteran quarterback. Even at Nick Mullins, he has more time in the NFL, in Kyle Shanahan's system, than Daniel Jones in Joe Judge's slash Jason Garrett system. They have a rushing attack still. They have a good tight end, if not two, in dwelling Jordan Reed. The defense is healthy, other than Nick Bosa being out and D Ford, which is a problem. I won't lie. I, I'm not going to masquerade that as, oh, it's not a problem. It is a problem. It really is. But Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Quan Alexander, who has been bad this year, Jimmy Ward, Jaquiski Tart, they have enough pieces in place to get by against the Giants than to get them to games where they're more healthy. And so, and, and on top of that, the Niners have already been surviving without Kittle, without Debo, without Sherman, without Richburg and Blair, without D. Ford. They won 31-13 last week with uh, two, uh, a, a half of Nick Bosa, a half of Solomon Thomas, no D. Ford, no Kittle. I get it. Giants are better than the Jets. They still stink, so what's there to worry about? And while Mostert's not playing, it's going to be hard to hand the ball off to McKinnon, who really hasn't proven himself. He's looked great so far, but we haven't really seen him carry the ball 15, 20 times in a game. And not having the presence of Mostert in the backfield to hand the ball off to does leave you with some worry. But the, the Niners offense put up 10 points against the Jets in the second half. And I think the Niners will need to only put up 20. I think they'll score 26, but they only need to put up 20 points to beat the Giants. The Giants haven't scored more than 17 points this season. They haven't at all. They stink. There's no mojo. There's there, there's no chemistry between the players yet. They're stuck because they're, they're in a new system. So Sunday, all Nick Mullins has to do is feed Jordan Reed, feed Ross Dwelly, and get the Niners into field goal range. You know, this week's motto should be survive. And Nick Nick Mullins can survive week three. 
he can survive week four. And maybe even survive week five. But this week, week three, maybe the only week without Jimmy Garoppolo, he just has to survive. We saw what he did in 2018 with George Kittle. Now, Kittle's not going to play this week, and maybe the win totals weren't as high as they wanted to in 2018, but the Niners lost five games by one score. So, it's not that the Niners need Nick Mullins to go in there and go crazy. He's not going to, especially not having heavy hitters. But the Niners can go week one with Nick Mullins handing the ball off 15, 20 times and just feeding Jordan Reed and Wastrelli and getting in the field goal range. That's a one-week plan that can work this Sunday, and it's going to work. And if I'm being honest, I'm not really that worried about the offense. I am more worried about the defense. Because if you listen to last week's podcast, I mentioned that we saw what the Niners look like against the Cardinals when they have no pass rush. And I do believe, without D. Ford, without Nick Bosa, without Salma Thomas, who has been a very little presence this year, and that goes for D. Ford as well, if guys like Eric Armstead and Kerry Hyder Jr. don't pick up the slack, don't carry over the momentum from the Jets game, the Niners could struggle. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you here. The Niners could struggle. You, you saw week one. And, and the bright side is, is Kyler Murray is not, Dan, or Daniel Jones is not Kyler Murray. He's not. He's mobile enough, but he's not going to gash you for 100 yards on the ground. He's not. And even guys like Javon Kinlaw, who had now has the label, the label above his head that says, you got to go out fast, kid. You have to be the 13th overall pick now. No time to to wait. And earlier on in the year, I said Nick Bosa, D4, Eric Armstead. Uh, the Niners defense has the players around Javon Kinlaw to almost blanket any rookie struggles he has. They're gone. All gone. Now, that doesn't mean the Niners don't have a good offense or, or, or good defense or players around him that could uh, to ease that transition. But on defensive line alone, there's nobody. Armstead's probably going to play the outside now. You're going to have Kinlon Jones start with Hyder on the outside as well. And maybe Kevin Kevin Givens on the inside too. But Kinlon has to grow up quick. And this Sunday could be a time for him. Because fans are going to look to Dallas. And they're going to say, well, C.D. Lamb, he's tearing it up in 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 the Big D. In, 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 in Jerry World. And they're going to look all around the league and say, there are all these players San Francisco could have took at 13 and, and they took Kinlaw. Why? Well, I think now is the time without Nick Bosa, Andy Ford, Kinlaw says, I'm more mature than you think I am. I am going to uh, to prove everyone who said I wasn't ready in camp. And, and I bought in and I said, nah, from what I've heard, Kinlaw is not ready. And he has disproven that for the first two weeks. Keep doing it. And I think he can. The Giants don't have a good offensive line. And this is a week where, after the demoralizing loss, or demoralizing win in <laughs> week two, which felt like a loss, uh, is a time where this defense says, we're going to rally around our guys. And that seems to be the case uh, in all, all the press conferences. Uh, Trent Williams and Kyle Shanahan says, we're going to play for Bosa, we're going to play for Thomas. And, and I, I think this Sunday, we're going to see a different Niners defense. Uh, a, a worse one, but one that has... I don't want to say a little more fight because they don't need it, but maybe a little more tenacity, a little more 
uh, I'm trying to think of the word here of kind of a kind of a, a junkyard dog mentality. I'm going to tear you to pieces. Um, and so, as I move to the second and third layer of the defense here, it, where I only I really only have two concerns, which and I've talked about them in the past, is that uh, Witherspoon has been awful. He's been a liability or the closest thing to one in the secondary. So let's hope Jason Verrett can be everything he has been touted to be in camp. Uh, I think him him and Witherspoon will share time on the outside this week as CB number two. Uh, and the second thing I'm worried about is Quan Alexander. Uh, 49er Rush podcast host John Chapman joined us last week to say that uh, Alexander has or isn't playing at a starting linebacker level. Uh, and I think with Saquon Barkley out, it will kind of, I don't want to say make Quan better, but it'll mask the issues he has been having. Uh, but if I am the Giants, I am just force-feeding Deion Lewis passes because that's who Quan will likely cover. Or, or whenever Quan is guarding someone, I'm going to pass the ball his way because Quan overruns tackles, he overpursues receivers and tight ends and, and, and running backs, and it has caused big problems for San Francisco's defense. And I told you earlier how Fred Warner and Dre, Dre Greenlaw are the are two of the top ten pass coverage linebackers in the NFL. And well, Quan Alexander isn't even the 35th best player. He is the 36th rated pass coverage linebacker in the NFL, and he's being paid 12 million dollars. Not worth it. Not worth it. Whatsoever. Now, this is going to be flawed logic here, but there are 32 teams in the NFL, and Quan Alexander is a 36th rated pass coverage linebacker. Well, that wouldn't even make sense on any other team. Like, he would not be a starting pass coverage linebacker on any other team. Yes, flawed logic, but true logic. <laughs> when you look at it the way we just did. And so, on Sunday... Deion Lewis, if you're a fantasy guy, and, and I have no idea how the Giants have played this year outside of the tape I've watched and, and, and some of the games I've watched, but Deion Lewis, who is someone who in his entire career has been a pass-catching back, should see a ton of action. And if he doesn't, it will be a mistake on the Giants' behalf. Now, going into Sunday, it's going to be interesting because both teams have key injuries, uh, but I have a feeling Kyle Shanahan is going to run the ball effectively, McKinnon, Wilson, Hasty, uh, they should all see time. And I think that's the best way. Split time, be smart, be, con- be conservative, but strike when needed. You don't have to go guns blazing on Sunday, but feed Jordan Reed and you can win the game. Again, the motto is survive. And even though Daniel Jones has some, some ability and better than Sam Darnold, uh, and the Giants receivers can cause problems, they, they can. Golden Tate's there, he's a good receiver. Darius Slayton's a good receiver. Like, they're going to cause problems, especially for a banged-up Niners defense, but I fully expect the 49ers to win on Sunday. It's going to be slow, going to be ugly, and likely going to be a one-score game, which is why I think Robbie Gold is the key to victory here. I said earlier, all Nick Mullins has to do is score two touchdowns again the field goal range. That's all he has to do. Because the Giants can't score. And so Sunday... My final score prediction for the Giants and Niners game is 26-20. Niners lead New York with a win after an ugly, tough battle. They come back home, hopefully have Debo Samuel and Jimmy Garoppolo back, ready to go, hopefully all healthy, and they're going to play Seattle, or excuse me, play Philadelphia in prime time, and they're going to walk into week four, 2-1, and hopefully with a little more confidence and a lot more healthy. 
I think that's what, that's the plan. <laughs> I think that is the best case scenario for San Francisco. And while 2020 hasn't gone really anybody's way, especially the Niners' way uh, since the season started, I think 26-20 is an easy win uh, in regards to the game plan. Feed the tight ends, get the ball on the ground. Giants can't stop. They are one of the worst teams in defense efficiency. Um, they're, they're in the bottom four. Like, the Giants stink. They're not as bad as the Jets, but they stink. The Niners play three of the worst defenses in the league this week, next week, and in week five with the Giants, Philadelphia, and Miami. These are winnable games. Let's not jump the ship now. While the revenge tour might be over, playoff hopes and, and, and how good this team is is not. We're confident. We're ready to go. Have fun on Sunday, guys. Week three, be responsible. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Instagram, 49ers.access, Twitter, 49ers underscore access. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. And everybody, Nick Bosa, D Ford, Solomon Thomas, Garoppolo, Sherman, every single person who's injured, get healthy. Let's go out and support our guys, whether they're on the field or off the field. They're part of the faithful. Until next time, my name is Strong Bennett, and stay faithful.